Welcome to Transform with Dr. Maggie Yu, the show about how to become a pilot and not a passenger in your health and in your life. I'm Dr. Maggie Yu. I'm a functional medicine doctor that actually a physician MD that actually specializes in autoimmune disease. We have our Healing Autoimmune Disease Naturally online program, which is an eight-week online program that Elaine just graduated from. And Elaine, I'm going to let you introduce yourself. My name is Elaine Stroop. I am 55 years old now. I have a son and a wonderful husband, and I am well on the road to recovery. Okay. And can you tell us a little bit about what were some of the diagnoses or lack of diagnoses that you've been dealing with? Uh, I have been in a terrible downward or had been in a terrible downward spiral with my health over the past year has been the worst of it. And I have been literally bedridden with pain. What started about two and a half years ago was the slow onset of sciatic and back pain that then became this whole other creature. Um, I was a fitness trainer at the time, underwhelmed by the fact that I could not overcome my own problems. But I was diagnosed, uh, MRI showed that I had some spinal issues that I now know are common to almost everybody my age, but they, nobody could ever figure out the pain associated with them. And then once I was bedridden, slowly became full-blown, full-body pain that was just like a runaway train. So I was intrigued by your program, Maggie, because I was concerned that I was developing some full-blown autoimmune issues. One of my diagnoses in the process of trying to chase down my health was Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which I know is an autoimmune condition, and we've addressed in your program. But beyond that, even a team of doctors at Johns Hopkins, Mm -hmm. where I spent a week up there, could not figure me out. So I had been in a very bad place for a very long time, but I am coming out of that now. So when you say that um, they couldn't figure out what was going on, can you tell me what that what, what that looked like? They couldn't figure out why you're having various different symptoms or they, they couldn't figure out what the diagnosis was? Another symptom I was having at the time was every time I got up and started to move around, although it wasn't often, my blood pressure and my um, heart rate would go crazy. That's mm-hmm. what landed me in there because my doctor couldn't figure that out and they could not explain the pain I was in. They just kept shaking their heads. They did so many blood t- tests and ran so, and they could not put their figure on why my system seemed to be out of whack and the pain was so bad. I remember them looking at me and, and it's intimidating to have a team, literally a team of Johns Hopkins, one of the best medical institutions it's world-renowned, um, have a team of their doctors stand around mm-hmm. your bed, look down at you and say, we just don't know. So when was the time you know, that was about a year, year and a half ago? That was last July. I have been bedridden since last April. And it took me until July to get that far to, to get look into this. So one of the things that we talked about um, huge in our online program, the eight-week program you just went through was, I always ask people, cause, effect, cause, effect. None of this happens by random. Right. And I always say, is there any wins for people to share? And when people share their win, what do I always say? What, what's, what's caused it? Yeah. <laughs> it's not random. So my question for you is, you said a team of doctors is John Hopkins couldn't figure out why you had these blood pressure ups and downs and why you were in chronic pain. Now that you've been through the eight-week program, that is my goal is to teach people how to figure out cause and effect in their autoimmune disease or whatever disease that they have. Do you know what is the cause and effect that's caused these symptoms and why you're better, actually? I can attribute to a few things. One, um, your program showed me that I had some severe hormone imbalances. 
Yes. Uh, I had <laughs> I had some choice words for you on that. <laughs> you said I had the hormones of an 80-year-old. You did. You did. <laughs> We're working on that. Uh-huh. And that um, I had some severe vitamin issues, deficiencies. Yes. Your program showed me did not have the gut issues I thought I had, mm-hmm. nor can I probably attribute a lot of the pain that I was in to full-blown, horrible, runaway autoimmune disease. But going through your program taught me that, and it gave me the data and the blood work to back that up. I do know now what I believe was pivotal in all of this was learning the piece that was missing was the hardwiring that I was allowing my brain run away with the pain. And that sounds ridiculous, but my mindset had to completely change. And I had to seek some help in retraining the neural pathways, rearranging the neural pathways in my brain that were so programmed for pain. And pain and fear are this vicious, horrible cycle that Mm -hmm. just run amok when you're in a situation like I was in where pain begat fear begins pain and and it just like a runaway train it just gets more and more painful and more and more fearful and I had to learn that you can break that cycle. So I have a question because most people are thinking you're in an autoimmune disease program with an MD what the hell are you talking about with the mindset change or breaking the pain brain cycle tell me I mean, what what do you think was a big mindset shift that helped you break this pain cycle Um, in your brain? One of the things, beginning your program, and the reason I I stepped into it was because you were so, so apt to say, why are we chasing down the diagnoses? Let's just get to the solution. And that's what attracted me to your program because, again, I was concerned I had autoimmune issues. So I stepped away from doctors being able to figure me out. And it gave me hope. Mm. It gave me hope. Because when, uh, when a bunch of doctors at Johns Hopkins look at you and say, we have no idea, yeah. you lose hope. Yeah. The program gave me hope that we were going to be able to, even if we never put, be able to put a title on it, we were going to be able to get me out of this stinking hole. I don't even care what the title is. And now I know it doesn't matter. The diagnosis doesn't matter. Why do you say the diagnosis doesn't matter? I say that. Yeah, I, and, it, and it doesn't. All you really care about is getting out of the stinking hole. Mm-hmm. What is causing it? The cause yes, is more the important. Of it. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and whether science one day or med- medical science, as good as they are, figures out all the ins and out of, outs of what I went through, that's for tomorrow's researchers. But today I needed to know what to do to get out of the hole. And so beginning the process with you and learning there are some things that I could do to take control of my health again, that I could step into a different place gave me hope. It gave me some things to do. And it started the upward spiral. One of the things when the mindset change was, I think the biggest, I mean, I I got to know you very well during the last eight weeks. And one of the beautiful things that I noticed was that um, in the very beginning, I would say that you felt like you were a victim of your circumstance. Yes. That you were almost fated to be sick and ill to remain that way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Why was there this big change? Because where are you now with that? Maggie, I want to live again. I know. I know. And I am going to live again. And I am living again. I'm beginning to live again. I know. Somewhere in this, I had to make a choice. And and my faith is so strong. And I I know I felt like God himself was telling me, you have a choice. Yes. You have a free will. And you can choose to step forward. and 
get out of this or you can choose to lay there and be a victim and give up. And I had to choose to live. You know how I feel about the victim mentality. Yes. That's the mentality that got you in that same shithole in the first place. And that's not going to be the same freaking mentality. Get you out of it. Right. You got to change your mindset to something different. I literally had to start in small steps by focusing on life. And some of it was stupid things like feeding the birds again. Yes. Uh, Watching the squirrels, having a baby come to my house to visit. I had to start focusing on life and recognize that I could live again. Um, What are you doing now? Tell me what you're physically doing now that's different than eight weeks ago. (laughs) The list is getting longer every day, Maggie. (laughs) Yes, share. Um, And it's only been within the past few weeks, honestly, that this Mm -hmm. has started. Not only have I been, you don't even know this, I drove myself to the grocery store this week on Monday and I drove, I went shopping and I drove back again. That was the first in a year. I have been to church. Um, I had, I had gone to church all during my bedridden time because my church was accommodating enough that we laid a little cot in the back behind a divider and I would attend church and that was for my privacy. I wanted that, but I would attend church lying down literally because I couldn't sit up or stand very long. So I attended church for the first time last Sunday and sat with my husband, sat in a seat, stood up when we sang, sat down, and my pastor just called me before this call and wanted me to be part of the presentation on Easter Sunday of what can happen, the miracles that can happen if you're open to them and that God can do and turn a life completely around. Tonight, we plan to go to dinner. That will be a first in a year for me as well to go a date yeah well my son's coming too he wanted to come <laughs> celebrate because this is a milestone for me i have not been mm-hmm. out to a restaurant in a year it will be april 2nd will be the anniversary of me being down so i have been to stores i went to target yesterday it was wonderful um, <laughs> you haven't made a target run a year i feel sorry for you <laughs> stupid, but the things that we for granted I have been out for walks in my neighborhood. Saturday morning, I plan to join my husband to do the big grocery shopping again. He's been shopping for a year. I can't wait to get back in the store and buy the things I want again. Just things that I love. I have cooked dinner for my family. It is now my job to cook dinner again. How long has it been since you've been able to stand and cook dinner? A full dinner? Probably 11 and a half months. Probably 11 months. I know that... um when you were deciding to enroll in the program or not, JD was on the phone with you, with us. And I always talk about where a lot of people will see a testimonial, a, a case study like you, and they just think like, yeah, I want that. But at the same time, there's a lot of barriers that keeps them from jumping in to commit to making a decision to do something totally different, to get a completely different outcome. Yes. And, and I think that the whole thing was, this whole thing has been a process for us. But I think you just said something very pivotal. You have Mm -hmm. to do something different to expect a different outcome. You can't keep doing the same thing and expect something different to magically happen. So we knew that. We knew we had to go a different direction because the stuff, my own private doctor said, I asked her, what would you do if you were me? She said, I'd pray. Mm -hmm. So I knew we had to do something different. We knew we had to invest whatever we needed to invest in it, time, money, whatever resources we needed to. Mm -hmm. And God bless him. My husband was willing to, to do whatever needed to get me yeah. the help I needed. Yes, he was an incredibly supportive spouse. Yes. yes. 
And that was, and that's, that's something that we talk about is, is that for me, I mean, and support comes in many ways is not just your, if you have a partner, great, but your children. Absolutely. Your physician, your pastor. These are all people that was supported you through this decision-making process and throughout the past eight weeks. Yes. And the, the group is actually larger than that. I can honestly say, although I've been, it's been almost a year that I was bedridden and um, being alone was very hard for me for a good bit of that time. I have never been alone for an entire day while my husband has worked this entire mm-hmm. year because of the community around me. Church people, neighbors, there's always been someone, at least for part of my day, to be here and just keep me company and be support. And so I have learned the absolute pivotal importance of having community around you to support you and then pouring into that community whatever you need to to maintain it, whether it's your family, your church family, your, your neighborhood, whatever. So I have two questions. One question was when you were decided to actually enroll in the program and the decision process, that you absolutely had to cross what I call the bridge of fear. Yeah. And JD as well. So can you tell me a little bit about what helped you get decisive about jumping in and committing to something that was definitely, you know, time, finances, uh, mindset, a commitment to something? I had to, on some level, decide to just stand up to fear. And my faith really helped me with that. I, I don't believe my God does not leave us stranded. <laughs> you know, I don't, not everybody can buy into that. But um, so that was a big piece of it. And then just, I think your program spoke to me because it was personalized. I knew that it wasn't some general because I looked into others that were just general broad brushstrokes that have probably helped many people. But I knew I had to do something that fit me and Mm -hmm. and was close enough, personal enough that I could really get some concrete answers because I've spent a year chasing my tail. And we weren't willing to do any more of that than we absolutely needed to. And just the belief that, that I don't know. I just had that inner sense that this was something that was going to help and it was worth the investment and time, money, whatever. It doesn't Yeah, Your life is worth it. My life became worth that much. Well, do you think it's even worth way more than that? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's funny. We put a dollar amount to like, (laughs) It, it doesn't make sense. It really doesn't make sense. And you know, my husband, in the long run, I remember after we had gotten off our call and we, mm-hmm. we looked at the expense and stuff, and he said, I would pay 10 times that, 100 for, times For that. this outcome. Absolutely. You didn't even know you were going to get this outcome. No, no. Right. I just believed it would help, and I knew I had an issue that it would help. It would address the Hashimoto's. You know, I knew I had that and believed in what you were saying um, and had done enough research on my own to have some of the things that you were saying really resonate with me. So we just had to go for it. We just had to go for it and just trust that we were walking the right direction and mm-hmm. put fear behind us and say, you know, there, there is a way out. I am worth it and we're going to do it. So I think for you, the reason why you and the people in our program have such amazing outcomes is because, first of all, we choose very wisely. Mm-hmm. If you and JD didn't have the right mindset, you would never be in our program. Right. Absolutely. Because let's talk about the community of people in our program Mm -hmm. and what that experience has been like for you. I mean, for me, it's so life affirming. I love handpicking the community of people that is in our program because I care about the outcomes for everyone so much that I will be very protective of the right mindset coming in. Because mindset makes a difference between success like this 
or mediocre or no success, right? So let's talk about what your experience has been with the community of the people in the Um, program that you were with. It's an eight-week program, so you get to know on these mastermind calls, you get to hear their voices, you get to see their faces, you get to know their stories, and these people are all fighters. Yes. They're ones that want to get better. They're ones that are willing to just do what it takes, whether it means switching your diet or do this, that, and the other. They're willing to invest in themselves, and they believe enough in themselves to, to do that, to just go the distance, you know? And, and I still look at what I have ahead of me, and I know I still have a road of healing ahead of me, and you know what? It's going to take as long as it takes. I remember we had Liz on two weeks ago, and some people have made the comments that what is the actual success rate um, for the program? I mean, they're, they're thinking that we're showing the superstars. Are you the superstar? <laughs> I am, I am Are you the, the exception? No. I am the typical person in your program. People that come to you because they have not found any answers in conventional whatever they've been doing, uh, whatever answers they've been seeking from their doctors, but they were willing to invest and, and, and do what they needed to do. Just yeah. great people. Great people. So um, some of the people, like a lot of people have questions about, for example, um, you know, one of the things you have learned about the program is there's, there's testing that we have provided throughout yes. the program. And one of the things I think is important for you to note is that you thought you were a mess in everything before we went in, oh before we got all the data. I was convinced that I was going to be your worst case scenario and maybe even your program couldn't help me. And that was so not true. And, you know, it it sounds dumb. It's not the misery loves company thing, but it was nice to know that I was surrounded by people that had similar struggles, you know, that they were they were facing the same giants. The way you just your methods just unmasked these problems and gave solutions, gave things that people could do to move forward and get over them. What's interesting was that you thought there were all these things wrong and parts of our program include a lot of data. I mean, this isn't, I feel Elaine's woo-woo. This is not repeating Johns Hopkins. This is my set of recommended stuff that we do as part of the program. And what did you learn as each piece went through? You thought you were a huge mess and you were dying. I was. And there were times when I asked you questions to kind of say, aren't I a mess? And I remember once on one call, you told me, you don't have to have everything, Elaine. You know, because right, because you had some things that were right. A lot of things I was like, I was like, Elaine, this is a normal result. Remember, I go, what do you think, Dr. Elaine? You're like, these are normal. And I was like, Elaine, you don't have to have everything wrong wrong with you. Um, And we were laughing. Yes, we were. And and really, I, I kind of now looking back at it, feel like in your terms, we killed Godzilla when he was still maybe not a baby, but like in the first grade or kindergarten, you know? Oh, yeah. Not not as far down the tracks nearly as I thought. Yeah. So that gave me the confidence to have hope and to, again, other doors open. And then I started to see this mind-body connection mm-hmm. where my mindset was causing, prolonging, whatever, proliferating the pain. And I was fortunate or blessed enough to be led into the right, you know, fields to start to pursue that and start to, re- I'm retraining my brain right now. But a lot of that is just stepping into hope and joy again. Yeah. One of the mindset shifts that I talk about is gratitude. Absolutely. You d- and I remember that, that piece well, because you, what you said, it, we all have an emotional home. Yes. What, wow. You're a great student. <laughs> I, well, that impacted me. So because after you got done, I thought my emotional home right now is fear. Yeah. 
That's where most people's homes are right now in the group. Absolutely. That's where mine was at. Yes. Yes. My mine mm-hmm. was fear. And I said, I need to change my address. I told my husband, I cannot have that emotional home anymore. I need to change it. And I decided that my motto was live, just go live, have hope again and live. And so I had to leave that emotional home. And it was a, it was a transforming thing. So let's talk about that. Um, Cause I, the, the, the interesting thing about the program is that one of the things we talk about is the mindset shifts. And one of the things is an emotional home. And for me, it's, it's big. I mean, if you look at what is in most autoimmune disease groups or chronic disease groups, a lot of it is about people posting about their journey and where they're at. But if you read between all, every line, it's about being in a place of fear, Absolutely. in a place of lack. Also feeling victimized by the system because you have been, right? But the thing is, is that that is an emotional home that we could easily get settled into. And it's just an address you're used to living at. Yes. At any given time, like what you said was when you and JD decided after a year of John Hopkins thinking you're going to die, this and that in chronic pain, you said, I need to do something different anything different to be able to get a different outcome. Yeah, absolutely. And through a variety of confirmation, you said, this is what I'm going to do. And then you jumped and you committed because you like, I have to do something different anyway. Yes. yes. But that's, you already changed your emotional home address right there. Yeah. That was a really pivotal moment. It was, that was even before the program started. Yeah. You already changed your emotional home address. Yeah. And, and I think, like I said, there was a period probably just before I came into your program where I decided to live again. I just decided that yes. I, I had to make a conscious decision. Or, and for me, giving up would look like just taking pain meds and laying and watching TV all day. That's what giving up would look like. Once I got past the point where life was so not worth living, I had to settle that I wouldn't take my own. I had to cross that. And I think there are people that are, have chronic illness that can relate to that. What I, have, I, I can relate to that personally. Why is it worth getting up in the morning day after day after day? Yeah, I had time in my life when it wasn't worth it for me to get up in the morning. Yeah, and I remember the day yeah. I told my husband, go hide all the pain meds because I'm afraid to be alone with them all day. Yeah. I had to cross that bridge, and then, then but then I, I had to come even further and say, okay, life does just not just mean breathing and eating and, you know, my biological functions. It means fighting for myself, you know, trying to keep believing, trying to hope again, and not mm-hmm. just sitting here being medicated and entertained yeah to fight for myself on the online training we go through what are these mindset shifts that need to happen for people to able to get the mindset to be able to jump into a program like this and to get a different outcome like this one of the things i said in the in the training is that the secret weapon one of the secret weapons is food mapping Mm -hmm. and we didn't talk a lot about yours but i'd be interested to see what's your feedback on being able to get food mapping as a blood test to know exactly what foods you had a problem that was triggering the autoimmune disease or not what is that experience like compared to being what you had done in the past um i i had had a little bit of food mapping done before previously Mm -hmm. but it was a much smaller set of foods Mm -hmm. than this i I have so many people that have had issues or friends and stuff that have issues and they go through elimination diets and all that stuff that is so chasing your tail it is just not worth your time energy you just leave so much hanging swinging in the balance i i don't know how you you get through that 
the food mapping for me was huge because, again, it told me that I was not allergic to everything like I thought I was. You, you thought you did. You came in here thinking, I have leaky gut. I did. I, I thought I had leaky gut. <laughs> do you have leaky gut? Everything was just going to light up. I do not mm. have leaky gut. I think you have leaky brain issue. Yeah. <laughs> It's true. Um, I just, I just believe that I was this horrible mess. But when doctors, well-educated doctors, look at you, and go, "You're a mess." When your own doctor, who's known you, says, "I would just pray because I don't know what to do with you," mm. what do you say? I say, "To hell with that." Yeah. Way, <laughs> <laughs> but but that's what that lead that thinking leads you to to right. I'm um, um, this mystery, and I'm not. I found out that. I was surprised to find out there were a couple things like bananas that I'm intolerant mm-hmm. to. That was like kind of not so supposedly fun. healthy, right? Absolutely. And I was eating bananas like they were good. They have potassium in them. They're good for you. I was eating. Yeah. Day. Unless they were and, triggering autoimmune disease, which yeah, it was. Right. right. <laughs> um, so I know that now. Pineapple. A couple things were mysteries to me that I that were unearthed in that food mapping. But really what I found out was I'm not allergic to the world. That was huge no. for me. That mm-hmm. was huge for me. You know, there are some things I have to avoid, and that's fine because that gives me the ability to move forward and handle the Hashimoto's that I do have and, and not have it handle me. So that, uh, that's an interesting when you say it. There's a couple things I have to avoid, and that's fine. For a lot of people, that's like they feel like that knowledge is a death sentence. Oh, I don't want to get, I don't want food mapping because I don't want to know. And it's going to be like, I love food so much, it's a death sentence. Can you tell me a little bit of what, what's your perspective around that? Sure. That's a stinking choice. You can see things as being limitations or being a roadmap out, keys. I used to teach weight loss. Believe it or not, years ago, I was 50 pounds heavier than I am now, but I used to teach weight loss, and we said the same thing. You have to approach it with the mindset of this is a roadmap out of my problem. This is a way out. This is a key. A key. It is not a, a key that locks locks. It's a key that unlocks prisons. You have to approach it with the right mindset. One of the things I talk about in the program when it comes to food was, is this exact same thing about food, which was that some people see it as a death sentence, and I see it as the key to the kingdom. Absolutely. It's the same piece of data, but your language and interpretation of what that result means completely changes the outcome. Absolutely. So, for example, in you not being able to eat bananas or something else, let's say bananas and gluten. And for one person will be like, oh my God, I'm going to die. I love food. I can't not eat gluten or bananas. I'm going to die. And so I'm not going to do it. And therefore they live in the same place you did eight weeks ago. There is not a, a banana in the world that's worth. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh, there's it's a, a really good looking banana. Yeah. There's a lot of <laughs> other food out there. And, and you really have to look at it. One of the things that helped me both in my weight loss journey and this, there's a, a large part of the world that would love the access to all of the wonderful foods I have besides bananas and gluten that would just think they have landed in heaven to be able to walk through the grocery store Mm. and fill their cart with all the things that I can eat. There's a world out there that would love to have some chicken with their rice and beans every day. Well, this is the important thing I notice in your mindset is you're like, what are the foods I can eat? Absolutely. Like it's so, it's for me, it's mind boggling. A lot of people look at the food mapping and they think it's, oh my God, I don't want to find out what I can't eat. And it's like, um, okay, out of the hundred tests, Elaine found out there were two things she can't, there's 98 other foods. That's awesome for her to eat to help heal and heal her autoimmune disease. That's what the test was for. Absolutely. Absolutely. And 
And in the world we live in right now, with most people have access to, gosh, shoot, if you have access to Amazon, you've got, you know, the world in your hands. Gluten-free heaven? You know, if you eat whole foods and you eat good food, there are enough little substitutes out there. Like I, I also found out that dairy is not a good thing for me and that's fine. But you know what? Coconut yogurt is delicious and I would be okay without any yogurt at all. But I did find that it's, they sell at my local grocery store and I eat it and I love it. What has it been like working with a functional nutritionist with Frankie in the program and her mastermind calls every week? <laughs> I, just amazing. I have held the belief for a long, long time. And I say long, long being 55, it's really been probably the past four or five years that you have to look at the whole body as a system. You can't look at one piece individually. And so it's been wonderful to work with people that understand that and address it with practical things that you can do in one area that will affect your whole body. You know, the things I eat affect the way my thyroid works. I'm sorry, that's just, Mm -hmm. that's just the truth, you know? And you can hide from that all day long by just seeing someone who specializes and can give you the right thyroid medication, or you can look at the whole body as a whole as functional nutritionists like Frankie and as functional MDs like you, wonderful people, do and say, what I put in my mouth affects everything. Oh, yeah. As well as other things. You know, the whole system has to be looked at as a whole. And now I know the whole thing has to be looked at with your mindset included as part of that system. Yeah, I think I'm actually going to, the online training, if those of you haven't watched it, you can go to the, the healingautoimmunediseasenaturally.com website and register to watch it. I know that on it, I say our secret weapon is food mapping. I'm actually going to redo it. And because I do think it's honestly that our secret weapon is actually a mindset. I, I think you can be given all the tools in the world. And unless you are willing to approach them with the right attitude and use them, they're not going to work. So I think I do think mindset is a, is a key to all of it because it's just not going to work any other way. What has this meant for JD and your family? He's getting his wife back. Yeah. Um, I was so happy last week at church. I stood in the front row so that my son, who was playing guitar on the stage, could see his mother again. Um, they love me enough to take care of the person laying on the futon 24-7. Yes. But they're getting me back again. Mm-hmm. And I know that I am priceless to them as they are to yes. me. They're getting me back again, the real me. And that's what my husband said. Even when I was down, he said, I, I need you to not give up, even if you can never get up, because it's your, it's you that I love. You know, now he gets all of me back again and it leaves me without words. There's just no price tag you can put on that. There's no way to say that any other way. He's getting his wife back again. And I hear this over and over again. Actually, that's one of the biggest comments we get from spouses. A lot of people, um, I actually have some people, they can't cross the bridge of fear because they're like, I can't do this to my husband. We're on a single income household or I can't do it to my kids um, because they need to get, I had somebody say because they had to get their daughter a car, right? Yeah. This is really common, Elaine. I mean, 80% of people actually say something like that and they mean it. That's where they're at. And for me, it was like, what would it mean for you right now if your daughter has a car? (laughs) 
you know, or you said, I didn't do it because I can't, we're a single income household. I couldn't bear to put that burden on JD. My answer to that is do it because of them. Do it for them. Do it because you want to be, he, JD needs and wants his wife back. Your son wanted to see you in that, when he played guitar, he wanted to see you sitting in that front row. He wanted to see you sing. He wanted to see you stand. Do it because of them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, cars will come and go, you know, other things will come and go and no one will ever remember. But it's, it's, I guess it's part of your value system. And I think people have to step into the realization that it's possible. You invest what you need to and you can become alive again. You can come back and live a life again. Absolutely. Ding, 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 ding. (laughs) And this is not just possible. It's what we see every single day. And this is what we see in the group every single, every single mastermind call. The wins, the wins, the wins. Absolutely. We, uh, I I would say, uh, people say, are your uh, results typical? Yes. (laughs) And I hear them. I hear them for the people on the mastermind calls, things that are changing. Oh my gosh, I can do this now. I can do that now. I, I actually... I remember hearing one day somebody actually went back to work after a while. They, you know, just different things have come up. It's like, oh, my gosh, there's a whole community out there in this program spread all over the United States and maybe other places that are stepping back into life again. How do you put a price tag on that? I I know when we talked about it, my husband and I, and we were blessed enough to have the finances to do it. But I have a retirement count. And I was if my husband didn't agree, I was going to say, you know what? I'm not going to have a retirement at this rate. We're going to use whatever we can. We're going to go into debt if we need to. You know, whatever we need to do, we're going to do it. Right. It's You're worth it. Absolutely. And, and you can see that now. You are worth yes. it. Yes. So I am just so thankful and grateful for you coming on and sharing so much of yourself, your experience, your honesty, your courage. You are not half as thankful as I am, Maggie. For you and Frankie and the people out there who have helped turn this tide. And I'm going to go to dinner tonight. Thank you. I went to the Target this week. Thank you. I, I'm going to be there, God willing, for my son to get married and to have grandchildren. And I, I'm, I'm going to go take a walk around the, the, the duck pond this afternoon. Thank you. You know, it's, you've been an essential, pivotal part of this journey to me again. Thank you. Thanks for your support in raising awareness and sharing this. To learn more about our program, visit drmaggieu.com forward slash talk.